between plays. It's the journey and what you do between where you are and where you want to be. Research, prepare, plan and execute your strategy. Do your DD and stay strong in visualizing and achieving your goals. Our strategy is unique since 2020. An original concept imitated never duplicated. Real conversations with media influencers, educational and expert speakers, analysts and consultants. Between Plays, bridging the gap between companies and investors. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Between Plays Stock Market Strategies. And here we are again with Mr. John Kaiser. How are you doing today, sir? Albert, I'm doing great. Uh, I went last week uh, to the uh, Vancouver for these conference. I felt like a desiccated frog in a parched lake after this 10-year drought of a bear market. Wow. And during this conference, I was stunned by what was going on. And I'm like this desiccated frog feeling the mist of the rain coming back to life and looking forward to the return of a raging bull market for the resource juniors wow it's true it's crazy like i was watching uh, the investor forum I, I you know your video and i will be putting that up here as well and it's just so interesting because i heard that you know first of all just i have to put on my glasses for this because it's so interesting what you were calling it. it's like buy now and don't look back i mean that is a strong statement well you know how that came about is that the title itself uh, is called uh, the implications of geopolitics and the energy transition as a drivers for the resource juniors and i was telling a friend this and she said that's a really boring title can't you come up with something better so that's when i realized what my real message is uh you know buy now and don't look back for the next three years and that seemed to resonate with people a lot more than my wonkish uh, title that my presentation has oh my god it's so funny but it's a it's it's a great it's a great way you know naturally you, you read that and you're like wow okay like this is interesting and, and it's i think it's due to the fact that you were mentioning that we were in a 10-year cycle where it was mostly made up of crypto cannabis but now we're looking at, um, you know, the, the, the resource mining sector coming back up. And this is what I found very interesting. And mostly the lithium, I think, would be leading this way. Yes, uh, the, the, the lithium is the one that's uh, most critical in terms of uh, new supply needed to make uh, net zero emissions goals uh, reality. And, but, and, and the electric cars right now, the, the sales are ramping up. They have high expectations by 2030, but the International Energy Agency put out a big report uh, last month, uh, 458 pages, uh, uh, in which uh, it uh, pretty much outlined how much more copper, nickel, lithium, cobalt, and rare earths are needed to make those 2030 expectations reality. And, uh, and, and it's just stunning. And they also read the Riot Act basically to all the governments. Uh, the problem is it takes so damn long to permit and develop a new mine. So you guys don't need to cut corners in terms of uh, you know doing it properly, but you need to streamline the process, make it happen, or you can just stop talking about your policy goals about for the energy transition. So uh, that report, I think, uh, you know, I'm not sure too many investors are going to bother reading it, though I clipped all the good graphics and used it as the basis for my 
my presentation, but that is a wake-up call to the governments to, uh, hey, you got to make this supply. And, and lithium is the one where half of it's already taken care of by the lithium triangle in South America and the Australian pegmatites and other places like China. But the other half, this is where Canada is going to play an extraordinary role. Brazil's going to be important too. Scandinavia may be important. And certain parts of Africa, such as Zimbabwe, are also going to emerge as major sources. So there's now a big rush on into these ignored jurisdictions to look for the lithium. Okay. And, you know, just um, I know that you have some graphs that you wanted to show us. Would you mind putting uh, some of those uh, up? And Okay, so, so so just one one anecdote. Uh, you know, when I, I, I was impressed uh, at the turnout at the Metals Investor Forum on, on Friday, uh, like I haven't seen a full haul uh, ever since they started this series in, in 2015. And so I was, uh, you know, stunned at the buzz inside and the buzz outside. And, and on the Saturday when I did my presentation, I asked the audience, uh, who here thinks we're still in a bear market? And uh, two hands went up and I said, okay, who thinks we're in a bull market? Again, only two hands went up and I was sitting there thinking to myself, we are in the eye of the hurricane. We know we're leaving a terrible period behind us. We sense a raging bull market coming, but we don't yet see the validation in the tape uh, uh, confirming that, yes, we will believe in it. So literally, we're in this eye of an unfolding hurricane. And sometime in the next three months, we will break out of it. And then we have a huge bull market for the resource juniors. Okay, that's very, very interesting. And also, what, what what's really interesting about the bull market, there was also this new thing that, that you were mentioning, I found it very interesting, uh, which is the listed issuer financing exemption, uh, and which that'll bring in even more of a capital pool mass. Is that uh, correct? Yes, and uh, the other other thing you were mentioning about how uh, during the past decade, uh, the market, the juniors were dominated by non-resource listings. The, the blue here that you see on the screen, that's the traded value of resource listings on the uh, on the TSX Venture Exchange. And you can see that the yellow is the percent represented by the uh, resource juniors, and the red is everything else, crypto, cannabis, uh, whatever. And this has been building all of last year. In, in December of 2021, the relationship reversed. And we have seen the resource listings uh, uh, share of traded value increase. It's not huge. You see this modest increase. But the non-resource traded value has absolutely shriveled. And I don't think cannabis or crypto can make a comeback. And I don't know what new concept is going to uh, sweep the juniors so after this 10-year drought they are we are going to see the resource juniors attract all the risk capital that fled during this long bear market now oh, yeah. this is what you're talking about here this this red thing is financing act private placement activity done by the by the resource listings on the venture exchange and only millionaires have been allowed to participate in this you had to be worth a million dollars to qualify as an accredited investor to participate in warrants. And in November, the regulators finally made a huge new change. They call it the, the listed issuer financing exemption. And the financing, and it can be done by brokers, and it also can be done by companies. And it allows anybody to participate who is, who is a Canadian 
without having to be a millionaire and the stock will be free trading right away if the, if the filings are all up to date. So this opens up that huge capital pool of millennials, Gen Zs, and, and others who don't quite qualify as millionaire to put money directly into the treasuries of the juniors. It's just getting started. Not too many have been done yet, but I think this will breathe new life into the resource juniors, the whole spectrum of ones with competent uh, management, and not just the uh, the power groups who have been able to hoover up all the capital from the millionaires that are in their book. Yeah, that that is on, honestly, that is amazing. And when you look into this, what you're talking about over here, and you put all these things together, uh, the other um, question basically I'd like to get into uh, that ties into this to a certain point is we have uh, two determining, I guess, uh, key drivers, right? We're talking about energy transition and the geopolitics. Now, naturally, this is for a much longer conversation, and we'll leave that for the future. I think we should be maybe like just focusing more a little bit on uh, lithium, as we discussed earlier, and what is uh, the energy transition, how important it is. I mean, we're looking at 2030. That's going to have some markets, um, especially for the, the EV industry, as a set point. And then we have a 2050, which is the zero emissions as a set point. And of course, a 2030 to 2050, which we could talk about on an, in another, um, I guess, uh, interview, uh, that um, that would be mostly for uh, the hydrogen. But we are definitely right now in this key driver of the lithium space, like really taking over. And with this capital pool mass, this could be um, very interesting. Yeah, and, and just to deal briefly with the, the geopolitical angle. Uh, when, when Russia invaded Ukraine with, with, on, on the basis of a bunch of lies, and then China said, oh, we are best pals with Russia. We, we agree that autocracies, uh, the country should be structured as autocracies and should be able to do as they please uh, if, if they can. That really cemented this uh, push towards deglobalization, this wariness of China becoming more and more dominant. Uh, uh, its economy by 2030 will be the same as uh, that of the United States. So this geopolitical conflict, it's very dangerous. Uh, it's good for gold because when the United States weaponized its dollar to, to do sanctions against Russia, all these other countries realized we need to not depend on the U.S. dollar settlement system. So they're all developing their own settlement systems. And they're also central banks are also buying gold because gold is a natural bridge as you transition away from reliance on the U.S. dollar. So we've got as a backdrop against this uh, this uptrend, built-in uptrend in gold, which is going to also breathe life into the juniors. But the other problem with this sort of autocracy versus democracy uh, split that's happening is a lot of raw materials come from autocracies. And uh, so, so the it's this security of supply that was taken for granted in globalization this is falling apart. And that's so all these other metals that, that aren't useless like gold is. Uh, lots of thought going into where do we get it from? Uh, should we continue to rely on Indonesia for all the nickel? It's right in China's backyard. Uh, uh, wh where should we get our copper from? Uh, should we like build mines in Canada and the United States again, rather than just import it from Peru and uh, Chile, where everything is coming unglued as different uh, governments uh, take charge there so that's that's in the backdrop but but you're right the lithium is the key thing right now that we should focus on and this goal here that they have electric cars and solar and wind rare earths are relevant to the wind 
what juniors do is not relevant to solar, but this here, the electric cars, the juniors are hugely relevant for that. And uh, this this is what the, the, the IEA came up with. And you can see how much more of these metals is needed by 2030 to make their goals reality. And this is like for copper, it's it's 50% more than what you would expect now from the macroeconomic uh, growth of the global economy. And, and copper is a huge market. It's like 160 $70 billion a year. So you're talking expanding an awful lot of copper. And nickel, they're basically saying it's going to double. That's a $50 billion market. And rare earths also have to double. But the scary thing about rare earths, uh, you, you can't avoid using them in the motors of these electric vehicles. China still dominates in the supply of the rare earths. And that's a mania that's, I think, going to erupt over the next uh, year or two. But it's this staggering 600% that's needed for lithium. That's the big problem right now. That's what's driving what I call lithium mania 2.0, which is the search for the uh, bedrock uh, hosted pegmatite supply that will be in addition to the lithium triangle brines and the uh, Australian pegmatite, uh, pegmatite supply. This is now what's unfolding in Canada, and it has created the conditions for a great Canadian area play such as we have not seen since uh, the 1990s when we had the diamond boom in the Arctic and the Voices Bay uh, uh, discovery boom in Labrador. What's unfolding now, it, it's like a, a, a flash, a blast from the past, but this is bigger. When diamonds came on, when the diamond discovery was made, the diamond market was worth $8 billion a year. Today, it's worth $14 billion, so it's barely kept track with inflation. But we're talking with lithium, it was $200 million market in in 19, uh, 19, uh, two, in 2005, it was 18 billion in 2021. And based on this six-fold expansion by, by 2030, this will be a hundred to $200 billion market. This is bigger than gold going from 35 bucks to $400 in, 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 in 19, 1980, 82, and unleashing this sort of discovery bull market. This has to be compressed into less than 10 years for all this lithium to be discovered. And it's this dynamic, This all this money is going to go into drilling, delineation over the next two, three years, show us where all the pegmatites are, and then decide which ones to put in production by, by 2030. And, and this has never, ever, a, a, a demand increase on this scale has never, ever occurred in the history of mankind. And the big guys like Rio Tinto, who's already into a lithium and BHP, which has yet to wake up to uh, to lithium, they are going to want to have a part of this market, which has basically been created by juniors out of Australia. And now we have some emerging ones in Canada, such as Patriot Battery Metals, which has a, a whole district. They, they own the equivalent of like, uh, you know, 40, 50 kilometers of the, of the Destor Porcupine uh, break from which like 50 million plus ounces have been mined over the past hundred years. They like control all of that. So this, wow. when you see a big giant like Rio Tinto bite the bullet and make a hostile bid for, for Patriot battery and, and actually succeed and maybe even get some competition, it will go absolutely insane because the James Bay region, it doesn't seem to be very good for anything else like gold or, 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 or copper or whatever, but for lithium, it appears to be world-class and uh, we know where a lot of these pegmatites are, but we also 
there's potential for parallel pegmatites, uh, more subtle indications. Uh, so all this money is going to go into it. Huge exploration boom. It's similar to the diamond boom from the 90s, but also very different. So uh, basically, the lithium 2.0 that we're talking about, right? This is like, we're at the very, very beginning. We're at the, like, I don't even know if it's even started to be, you know, in reality, because there's still some people out there that don't understand that, like, are like, are we at the turning point where like car makers are like, you know, at the point of no return? And if so, then that means that we're just getting started on this whole lithium 2.0. Oh, oh yes, and and for example, uh, I, this past week, uh, GM did a tentative offer, financing offer, six hundred and fifty million dollar equity uh, financing offer to Lithium Americas for its Thacker Pass project, which is a claystone style system in in Nevada, and and this this is being held up by permitting issues, but it's a sign how desperate these car companies are to secure domestic secure supply for their needs because they've all woken up. They're spending all this money on, on battery factories, uh, but they're only now waking up to, oh, where's the feedstock going to come from? So they're literally going from all the way downstream to the very top of the stream where the mining companies sit. And this has also never really happened. They've The, the manufacturers have always disdained the dirty business of, of mining. And this is another sort of sea change that's uh, starting to happen. Uh, this anti-mining uh, 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 attitude, uh, uh, they're, they're realizing it's counterproductive yes. because it harms the energy transition goals. Yeah. So I think we'll see governments uh, step in. I mean, we saw the Department of Energy make a, uh, a, a conditional loan of uh, $700 million to Ioneer and its Rhyolite Ridge project, wow. also a Playstone project. This is held up by some buckwheat plant, which uh, is, is is rare. And so the, the you know, eco-diversity uh, groups are saying, oh, you can't disturb this, wipe out this one little plant that's in this area. And yet they're holding up uh, this, uh, uh, this, this, this huge development to supply lithium for the Tesla factories and all the other ones that are going to be uh, requiring it. So, so this is, the, the governments are starting to lean on all these objectors to the mining system, and and even in in you know Ontario and uh, and and Quebec, Quebec I think is has been more uh, favorable towards mining development. Ontario less so, but even Ontario is starting to wake up. And the biggest problem is going to be First Nation resistance uh, to it, especially in in northwestern Ontario. There there it seems to be a big problem. Uh, in Quebec, uh, the, the the Quebec Cree are. Uh, you know, they're already pretty much involved in business. They're a little nervous at the scale of activity that's coming, but they also understand how this is going to uh, change their economic foundation for this whole James Bay area, which which really has been, apart from building reservoirs and making uh, hydroelectricity, there hasn't really been anything that's been the foundation for a proper self-sustaining economy. Yeah, so basically they're in a catch-22 position. I mean, look, Right now, from what I'm understanding from your last interview that you did on the Metals Investors Forum, we're saying that um, the biggest obstacle is the uh, to the even had transition is actually the mineral supply. So, I mean, if, if you're going to block this and create a very a hard time for that, what will end up happening is that, you know, this whole transition to energy in order to save the planet from global warming, you, you I mean, you're, we're destroying the planet anyway. So in order to be able to, 
We need to mine stuff in order to make that transition. So it's a catch-22. And when, you, when you're weighing it, when you're weighing it on a scale, well, you need to mine because that's what's going to keep the world going. Yes, and, and there have to be trade-offs. Uh, there, there will be some harm to the local environment, but you, but you can't have it all. You exactly. have to be can't. willing to make sacrifices, and you want to minimize the damage the damage done. And, and again, that you know, people are worried about the uh, the carbon footprint of mining. Well, the beauty of Quebec, with all its hydroelectricity, is that when you use all this energy to uh, convert the the spodumene concentrate into lithium hydroxide it will probably qualify as zero carbon energy consumption. Whereas ESG compliant, like we're ESG, we're, we're doing very well when it comes to the ESG factor. Yes. So it's other amazing. more remote regions where you're going to have to rely on diesel or something like that, that may be more problematic. Okay. So you know what, John, uh, basically, um, I, I, I was wondering if we could just talk about maybe about a few little companies that are out there and, um, you know, and, if you have a, a last word, um, I know we don't want to keep you too long. You're an extremely busy man. So, um, and I really appreciate the fact that you're on the show. Uh, is it possible that we can get into maybe a few companies like Dios and maybe Asimut, uh, VRW and PMAT or something like that? Or, yes. There you go. For yes. example, here's a selection of companies that have exposure to the James Bay region uh, that are at very different stages. Now, Patriot Battery Metals uh, has a... Uh, I believe now it's a $2 billion um, uh, valuation already, but I can already tell from the 100 holes they've drilled into the CV5 uh, uh, pigment type, there's a 50 million ton footprint there. And, and the latest holes at the northeastern end, you can see where how this projects under the lake for another two kilometers because the CV4 outcrop on the north shore of the lake, uh, it's got spodamine in it. And, and so under the water, this thing probably continues. And this northeastern 350 meter segment, uh, this is very rich. This is, you know, they're getting uh, five, 6% uh, lithium, lithium, lithium oxide grades in this. So we can see this stepping out and they're, they're looking at a 50 to 100 million ton system there. So, so there's sort of a, a, a base that if a Rio Tinto came in, they could immediately go in there. Yes, they're going to have to empty a lake. And again, the, uh, the the water people and all that are going to have to accept that if you want the, the world not to be cooking in, in, in 2050, you may have to empty this little lake. Uh, there's plenty of others in Quebec that will be a sacrifice to be made. Now, Patriot had this project back in 2015. They got it as part of Lithium Mania 1.0 when everybody first started talking about the electric vehicles. And then the lithium price crashed from 10, 12 bucks a pound below three bucks. So what they had and if it had happened again, it'd be worthless, you know, nothing but. But in 2021, uh, the Australians, uh, you know, saw that, uh, okay, their oversupply had finally reversed. They were now, the lithium market was undersupplied. They could see the lithium carbonate prices go up. So they came in and adopted this uh, Patriot battery metals. Brunswick was like last year in the first quarter, Bob Wares is like, he's starting to grasp the, the enormity of this lithium requirement. Uh, He's thinking, I think, oh gosh, I'm probably too late for the party. But he started checking out and, and looking at all these trends where they are going through the archives, finding these documented pegs. These pegmatites have been found through the last hundred years while looking for base and precious metals deposit. They would see them off to the side, but because they were worthless, they would 
they would just note it in the archives. And he realized that the juniors from Lithia Mania 1.0 had just put little postage stamp claims on wherever there was something sticking out of the ground. They had not like staked the trend. So Brunswick has been on an acquisition rampage in the past 12 months, acquiring all these trends, uh, optioning some of them from, from the Osisco group, uh, which by the way, they have the Western extension of the belt that hosts the Patriot batteries, uh, Corvette, Corvette pegmatites. So this is the one that's capturing the public's imagination. They'll be drilling on the Hearst project in 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 in, in Ontario by by March. Also, they have the extension of the uh, CYR deposit that uh, or, or possible extension. Uh, uh, all came the previous operators drilled right to the border and then stopped. And so this company is the one that the institutions are going to end up going into now. Here's how this is all evolving. Azimuth has also been in the James Bay area for the past couple of decades, not looking for lithium. And uh, last week, they sort of woke up, said, oh, our properties have lithium potential. And the stock doubled in price when they put out maps showing, yeah, here we are next to these other, here's, here's our lake bottom sediment anomalies. And yeah, we're in the game. We're also going to, going to look at that. And then there's little stealth ones like this, sort of the Penny Dreadfuls, uh, Dio's Exploration. They have been in the James Bay area also for 20 years. It was a spin out from Sirius to explore for diamonds around the Renard discovery that Ashton, Ashton had made. And they developed a glacial a knowledge of glacial history, which they have combined with the government databases where rubidium in the uh, lake bottom sediments is the key indicator. So they've been under the radar been putting together all the data and the geology and staking claims and they they have like very poor visibility their website's a disaster their press releases are a disaster but that's they're okay with that for now because they're trying to not attract attention while they are accumulating strategic land positions in that James Bay area so we're going to see little ones like this suddenly become a big uh you know have a high profile we're going to see Patriot battery probably taken out. We'll see what Azimuth comes up with. And Brunswick, of course, is going to be what everybody uh, uh, ends up piling into. They plan to change the name to Osisco Lithium to build on the Osisco Cisco brand with all the institutional markets. And then you have little dark horses like that, which are going to surprise the market. And in, in the past week, I've you know after I came back from my trip, I've been busy adding all these projects. Uh, these companies are popping up. There, there's Mosaic, which suddenly acquires a another proper property in the in the James Bay region Maduro just announced uh, you know after after David Jones passed away unexpectedly their whole Mexican initiative is dead but they're they they suddenly announced claims but haven't had been able to say much about it it's it's happening all over some will be just closeology and not at all in the money in terms of uh potential this is in a, in a sense it's it's similar to a uh, uh, diamonds in that uh, you know anybody could end up with something but in the diamond play the Kimberly clusters uh, they came up where they came up and and until you sampled it and knew where the indicator minerals were and what were they pointed to anybody could end up with anything but the pegmatites only occur in specific geology so you can be like up to one kilometer away and you have zero chance of, of owning everything and right now the, there's a question of mapping is everything mapped correctly so what people think is bad geology might actually be good geology and this is what Brunswick started finding is that in some areas 
the geology was mismapped. It was mismapped as, uh, you know, garbage. And you say, oh my gosh, I, we, we put the boots in the ground. We see, oh no, these are the right rocks. And, and here's the potential. So they're able to stake for whatever staking costs uh, these big, big land positions. So there will be this element of surprise when they put the boots on the ground and start seeing what they have. Uh, I think fairly quick, quickly, we'll find out those who are just also rands that are proximity plays. And uh, but uh, and the other ones, the there could be small ones like Dios, which suddenly are sitting on something fantastic. And what I like about this whole play is lithium is of interest to the, the Gen Z, the millennials, because they're going to be around in 2050. And if this climate change uh, isn't uh, trend isn't reversed, they're going to inherit this this horrible legacy. So putting money into lithium resource plays is a way of securing their future. But the lithium is also relatively simple compared to squirrely gold vein deposits. Uh, you know, once you find one, you drill the holes through it, you can do your length times width times depth times specific gravity to see what the tonnage footprint is. You can see what the rock value is. This becomes the learning gateway for generations that looked like they were lost to the junior resource sector. They, they made money on crypto and cannabis. Those stories are dead. All this AI chat GPT, there's, there's no way you can make money, money in that through a junior. But this lithium space is going to be the gateway. And that's why when you we were talking earlier about the life exemption, allowing younger people who don't meet that millionaire threshold to actually put money into little companies like like Diosa, they could end up making huge scores over the next few years. And just sort of here, uh, I've taken an uh, old graphic from Aber, Dominion became Dominion Diamond going back to the 1990s. This was where Diamet first mentioned that they had Ikadi and the market started buying Diamet. And then we had this year of accumulating land and starting to find Kimberlites. Uh, and then right in here was when the uh, Diamet took it to the next level with bulk sample results that showed, oh, this is real. And then the uh, the the, the Cho discovery was made. The, all the data looked similar to what uh, was on the Ikadi block. And the stocks went crazy. And that's when suddenly everybody knew this was for real. And this is what you might see like a Brunswick do or even, even a Dios do over the next uh, year and a half. But we are right wow. here on the cusp of a massive great Canadian area play in the James Bay region, but also all these other parts of Canada where pegmatites have also been documented and never been seriously looked at because who needed lithium for, for anything except glassware and ceramics until you know a, a decade ago. Oh yeah, we, we definitely don't. We're, not, we're nowhere close to the lithium that we need. Um, but honestly, I really appreciate the time that uh, you had with us today, John. As I was mentioning, I really, really appreciate having you here with us, John. I'd love to have you again in the future with us. Uh, all of your conversations, so uh, intelligent and um, insightful uh, for everybody and educational. Uh, would you be able to come back one time or you know, more times in the future on our show? Oh, like, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm was like this desiccated frog on the threshold of death and i feel that we are in a bull cycle i'm going to be part of it i'm covering this great canadian area play that's emerging so i'm hoping you'll have me on your show many times as this year unfolds oh thank you so much john i really appreciate it. so everybody this is john kaiser and everyone always remember 
uh, research, prepare, plan, execute. Stay strong, John. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see you again. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Albert. Between plays, it's the journey and what you do between where you are and where you want to be. Research, prepare, plan, and execute your strategy. Do your DD and stay strong in visualizing and achieving your goals. Our strategy is unique since 2020. An original concept imitated, never duplicated. Real conversations with media influencers, educational and expert speakers, analysts and consultants. Between plays, bridging the gap between companies and investors.